0: Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brandon coming to you live from Fort Smith, Arkansas. And uh, wanted to come on here and say, see how y'all doing. And um, kind of see uh, just really just um, what y'all been doing and just wanted to just come on here and talk to y'all for a little bit, share some things a little bit. Um, I'll wait for a couple minutes and see who comes on here, uh, and then we'll get started. Uh, But anyways, um, I guess while we're waiting, I just would hate to be kind of just like silent, but uh, it is good to be on here. And, um, seems like it's been a long time since ever i ever done Facebook Live feeds. Um, I mean, I went from doing that to now YouTube and not really doing so much on Facebook Live. And not sure why that is, not kind of, sh- not quite not sure why, um... You know, but it is what it is. And so, uh, but I wanted to just kind of share some thoughts with you all tonight. Um, This video is entitled, uh, God Can Use You. And I just want to share something from Amos, the book of Amos chapter 7. And starting in verse 14, it says, Then answered Amos and said to to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was an herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. Now therefore hear thou the word of the Lord, thou sayest, Prophesy not against Israel and drop not thy word against the house of Israel. So we see here that Amos was not a prophet, and he was he was not a son of a prophet. Amos was a simple herdman. And a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And so he was kind of, as you'd like to say, is your average Joe. There wasn't anything special of him. He was just your average he, he was just your average Joe. He was just your average person. Okay. But now Just because he was your average Joe does not mean that God did not use him in a mighty way. Because we see here in verse 15 of Amos chapter 7 that the the Lord told Amos to go prophesy on my honor my people Israel okay he told Amos to go prophesy to Israel and so here, here's what I want to say it doesn't it does not matter if you are a farmer if you are a shepherd does not matter if you are just an average Joe. That can't speak well. It doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter who you are. Because God can take you. And take your life. And. Do something so amazing that even you cannot comprehend. In other words, that God can take your life and use it for his glory. He can take your life and use it for his purpose. He can use you in a mighty way. Okay, and so for those of you that may have this attitude of why would God use me? Why would, how could God use me? Why would he want to use me? I'm just your average poor schmo. The truth of the matter is like Amos God wants to take your life and use it in a mighty way. It doesn't matter how average you are. As a matter of fact God would prefer it if you were just an average Joe. Why? Because God is not looking for the elite. He's not looking for the top elites. He's not looking for any elitist. He's looking for your average Joe. I want you to consider something here. Just as God told Amos, who was your average herdsman, there's nothing there's there's nothing extravagant about Amos. Amos was just a herdman, he was just a gatherer of sycamore fruit. That's all he was. He was a fruit gatherer. And a herdsman. That's that's it. And God told him to go prophesy. To, to Israel. But just as God told Amos to do that. I want you to consider. Who Jesus chose. For his apostles. Okay. Jesus chose. He did not choose the Pharisees. Although I will say. He did save a Pharisee. A Pharisee named Saul, who then became Paul. And God got a hold of him on the way to basically persecuting God's people. But you notice that in the Gospels, who did Jesus choose? He chose. Pretty much like the bottom of the barrel people. As as what the world would see it. The world would see it as the bottom of the barrel people. And Jesus chose them. To confound the wise. As God says in his word. That God chooses the foolish things. Of this world to confound the wise. Jesus chose fishermen. That's what he chose. He chose fishermen. Your average fisherman to go and preach the gospel. That's what their occupation was. He chose fishermen. Okay? With that, he also chose a tax collector, which in those days, tax collectors were looked down upon. Okay, the tax collectors were looked down upon worse than your average sinner. And guess what? Jesus chose one of those tax collectors named Matthew to be his disciple, to be his apostle but you never, but when you read through the gospels you never see Jesus giving a high five and commending the Pharisees and Sadducees You don't. As a matter of fact, you see that Jesus reacts to them harshly. See whether people. And, and, and I want I want you to think about something about the, the Pharisees and Sadducees. The Pharisees and Sadducees were the elite. They were the so-called religious leaders in that day. But have, you, but have you actually noticed that these so-called religious leaders were actually also political leaders? Why? Because the Pharisees and Sadducees proclaimed that they had no king but Caesar. Which means, which should show you that they were in it. They were in politics. Probably. Most likely. They were, they were also political figures. Now you might say, well, thank God we don't have that now in our days. Sure we do. And unfortunately, in our days... The modern day Pharisees. Isn't just your religious leaders. It's also your political leaders. Republican and Democrat perhaps. Which is why our founding fathers. A lot of our founding fathers were so opposed to a two party system. We had the very thing that our That a lot of our founding fathers. Had really frowned upon. But many people don't know that. Many people think. In in, in their minds. That Republicans are going to be the ones. To preserve freedom. But in reality. What you have between Republicans and Democrats. Are a bunch of. Religious as well as political Pharisaicalism and Sadduceism. In other words, they're a bunch of Pharisees and Sadducees. The Sadducees were very liberal. They didn't believe in a resurrection. The Pharisees did. They would be more of the conservative side. Here's why I say all this is because you don't see Jesus going to those people, recruiting them to be apostles. You, You didn't. You never saw that. There's only one Pharisee that he actually recruited to be an apostle. That was Saul, who then became Paul. But God humbled Saul and used him in a mighty way. but God will choose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. What the world, who the world sees as foolish and the bottom of of the barrel, God sees different. Sometimes I think we tend to, to put God in a box we tend to assume that God only wants the best but you have to understand Moses was the stutterer Moses was also a murderer he murdered an Egyptian and buried him in the sand Peter was just your average fisherman. Denied Christ three times. David was a murderer and adulterer. Samson was an adulterer, a fornicator and a womanizer. Am I saying that it's okay for people to have sin? God forbid. I say these things to show you that even the most sinful, rotten, dirty, rotten, filthy person, God can take, clean up, clean them up, and use them in a powerful way. Samson is a type and picture of Christ. Why? Because in he defeated his <clears throat> enemies. Through his death. What does the Bible say about Samson? It says that. That in the death of Samson. He killed more Philistines in his death. Than he ever did living. God uses. And will use. Your average people. So I just want—I want to say this. If, if you're watching this, well, before I get to that, for those of you that know who I am, I have a tendency to be hard on myself. I have a tendency to, I have a lot of tendencies. Okay, I have a tendency to be hard on myself. I have a tendency to make mountains out of molehills. I have a tendency to really, you know, just be not me. I also have tendencies on questioning God on why He would ever choose me to teach and preach, why He would ever choose me to eventually pastor. I have times where I doubt my calling because of my own stupidity and my own shortcomings. I have a tendency of that sometimes I think we ought to we need to take a step back and realize that because God called you in a specific area God is not sorry for that God's not going to repent for that If he's called you to something, he means it. Okay? The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God's not sorry for calling you to where he wants you to be. He's not sorry. God called you for that because of maybe things that you may not see right away. Sometimes I fail to see that in my own life. I say this not to say woe is me, but because I want to show you that I am just as human as you all. I have a flesh. I might be on YouTube and preach and teach and read the word of God and get the word of God out. But that does not make me better than you. Actually, as a matter of fact, that just shows you that I need God's grace. Probably even more so. Because it is God's grace that can get me through those times of trials. It's God's grace that can get me through preaching messages and and, and reading the word. It's God's grace that gets me through all that. And believe me, I need a lot of it. I need it every day. I need to depend on it. And just as I need to depend on that, you also need to depend on that. Now there might be some of you that might be watching that might struggle with the same things. You might ask yourself and wonder, Lord, why did you even choose me? Let me tell you, let me just tell you this, is that again, God is not sorry for calling you to where, he's not sorry for calling you what you've called to be. And the truth of the matter is, God has called you in that area because God has equipped you and gave you gifts for that area. And if God has given you gifts in that area to equip you in that area, that is where he wants you to be. Then you might, you know, some of you might be watching... And you might say, Well, there's nothing special about me. Why would God choose me? There's nothing special about Amos either. Amos was just a herdman. There's nothing special about the apostles. There's nothing there's nothing special, you know, about you know Peter and John and and you know, there's there's nothing special about them. They're your average fishermen. Your average tax collector. Just your everyday person. If God called them. Into such a high calling. What makes you think he won't do the same for you? Now I'm not saying that you will be an apostle. By no means. That the apostle. The office of apostle, is closed. But why would you. Why would you devalue what Christ did at the cross by you thinking that God can't call you into a high calling? You know, I've been at Crankia for about eight months now. I work with some great people. I've got a great boss who... God has used on numerous occasions to remind me of some things. And God had reminded me, and God used my boss this morning to remind me of some things that I want to tell you. We ought not to be hard on ourselves. We ought not to be critical of our own selves. We shouldn't be putting ourselves down. I shouldn't be putting myself down. I'm susceptible and very, um, I have a tendency of that. I have a tendency to put myself down. A lot of times I'll say it jokingly. And even that, I really probably shouldn't. But the people that I work with know that I have that tendency to put myself down. And my boss, he said, Brandon Why would you put yourself down and devalue the sacrifice that Christ made at the cross in your life? He had a point. Absolutely no reason for me to be putting myself down and tearing my own self down. That's not what Christ would want us to do. He would want us to be humble, yes. But there's a difference between being humble and just flat out tearing yourself down and and, and, and saying stuff that's not edifying. we ought not to be tearing ourselves down. As a matter of fact, the Bible actually speaks of we ought to be building each other up. And um, I'll be honest with you, I, I need help with a lot of things. I do. I need help to not be degrading myself and devaluing what Christ did at the cross and just you know, for me and for everybody else. <clears throat> because the moment we start tearing ourselves down, tearing down others, we are devaluing what Christ did at the cross. And we have to remember there is tremendous value And what Christ did at the cross. Who are we. To play God and devalue that. Who are we. To. Be tearing ourselves down along with everybody else. Who are we. It's true that. Without Christ, we are nothing. And before Christ even found us, we were nothing. But you know what the thing is? We didn't just stay nothing, did we? God took this, this, this raggedy old fleshly dirt... Died on the cross for my sins and as well as everybody else's. But when he came in my life, he took my life and made a new creature. And therefore, because I got born again, I'm a child of God. I just want to say when you start tearing yourself down, you don't just devalue what Christ did at the cross. You're also devaluing devaluing, the fact that you are a child of God. And so, no matter who you are, no matter... What you do for a living. You may be just your average Joe. You may be just your average delivery driver. You may be just a tent maker. You you, you want to know something? That's what Paul was. Paul was a tent maker. That's what he was. He was a tent maker. Do you think being a tent maker was extravagant? No. Do you think... Being a tent maker was, was one that made y'all rich? No. But it doesn't matter what you do for a living. You can work at Walmart. You can be your average Joe at Walmart, at Target, at a retail store. You could be just really a parts delivery person. Like myself. I am a child of God, yes. Apart from Christ, is there really a whole lot of anything special about me? No. Not really. I'm just your average person. But God took my life. Made me a new creature. Gave me a purpose. And be able. And was able. To. Make me into something that. Would glorify him. So no matter what you may be. For a job. God can use you in a mighty way. He can. God can use you in a mighty way. Amen. I've been at it for 30 minutes now. Can't believe it. Time flies. And so, I just wanted to say this to be a comfort to you. I say what I say to be a comfort to you, but to encourage you. You may be wondering, well, what's so special about me? Why would God want to use me? Well, there's not a whole lot of special with Amos. He was just your average Joe, And yet God was able to take him and use him in a mighty way. And if God could do that for Amos, if He could do that for the Apostles, if He could do that for all the prophets, how much more can He do the same for you? Don't ever devalue what Christ did at the cross. Don't, don't devalue the fact that you are a child of God. And I'm speaking to you, believer, don't devalue your don't devalue the fact that you are a child of God. Don't tear yourself down. just know that God loves you he loves you he cares for you wants the best for you now I say he wants the best for you because he knows what's best sometimes we need to go through trials we have to go through tribulations we must through much tribulation we must go through much tribulation to enter into the kingdom of heaven But God knows what's best. He knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for me. We ought not to question that. And if we do, we just Lord forgive us. Not saying that it's wrong to ask God questions. Not to say that, you know, ask you know questioning things is a wrong is a bad thing. No we have to understand that God knows what's best why because he knows you better than you know yourself God knows where you need to be at the time that you need to be he knows all that he knows your future he knows everything about you he knows even the sins that you will commit tomorrow, He knows what tr- what things you'll fall into. He knows this stuff. Things just do, does things do not take God by surprise. He knows every single detail of your life. He knows. He has every single hair on your head numbered. He does. And I want you to think about the billions of people that live on this earth. Think about that. He knows. he, um, He knows everybody's name. But not everybody is his kid. Okay? Not everybody is his child. It's only those who are born again of the spirit and sealed. And put their faith and trust in Christ and what He did at the cross. It's those people that are His kids. And God will take care of His kids. He will. So, with that said, if you ever find yourself wondering why me? Or God can't use me because I'm not anything spectacular. Amos wasn't. The apostles aren't. just your average people and God took them and used them in a mighty way that he did that he did well um, wanted to share that with you all today hopefully it can be a comfort to you and to all those who are listening I'm going to see if I can find a way to download this Put it on Sermon Audio, put it on uh, on uh, YouTube, you know, whatever. I don't know if I how all this works now because things have changed with this. So, anyways. Just trying to be real with you. That's all. I'm trying to be real with you, but also trying to be honest and trying to, you know, tell it as it is. Amen. So... Anyway, you guys have a good night. I love you guys. You guys are the reason why I do what I do. And please pray for me in my ministry. Um, And, you know, you just pray for each other. Amen. So, I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a great evening. And uh, Lord willing, will see you on tomorrow's broadcast, all right? bless you, guys. See you. Love you.